told of a creature that was six and a half to seven feet tall. The CIA ran secret mind control experiments. It's a tale of a creature that's been seen by many, but believed by few. And experts say there have been reported sightings of paranormal activity. And there was this creature and it ran down this hill. They say something was flying over their house and they have no idea what it was. How the world's most powerful individuals are actually shape-shifting reptilians. My scariest ghost hunting experience. night and the ghosts and ghouls and goblins. No, I sound like I'm introducing Halloween and I'm really not trying to. Uh, welcome to Paranormal IRL where we're going to talk about a whole bunch of really, really cool stuff tonight um, and it's all going to be IRL, right? IRL, whatever that means. In real life! <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, I, I do have to say that uh, I, I, so for the people watching, I was not privy to the to the revamp of the opening and the cricket Swampy sounds. I was freaking out because I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. I thought I had a window open. I thought I had so. I was the audio was off on YouTube. The audio was off on Fox. What the hell's going on here? And then I finally figured out that you spent some time at some point and totally revamped the opening. That's pretty goddamn awesome. Yeah. Well, how did you do all those voices? Yeah. Right. Well, what I tried to do was uh, the cricket thing uh, that you're referring to. We had that static splash screen. When we were, when we open, you know, when we start the stream right. or before we start the show, and I felt like if people were to tune into that, they'd say, "Oh, this isn't live or something," because it's just static. You know, it doesn't doesn't move, doesn't do anything. Right. So I, I thought, you know, we got to do something where there's some movement so people know it's actually a live stream. There's actually live video coming at them, and uh, so I, I I made that little thing where it, it took our uh, our caricatures there, mine that looks rather normal, looks like I had a wisdom tooth pulled, and yours that looks like my pudgy Italian uncle, and I used them, yeah. and I. I I brought some. I, I brought some uh, paranormal elements into it, and each one of the paranormal ele- elements takes you off somewhere. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. What, that's, what, that's what I did. Yeah. Well, you freaked me out for the first eighteen seconds of trying to figure out what the hell was going on. So that's that funny. worked. That's funny. I didn't even think about that. That huh. you not knowing that was going to happen might you might be looking because you did have a cricket in your in your studio one night. Yes. No, there was a night where you had a cricket My in cave. your stu- Yeah, your yes. cave. You had a cricket yes. in the cave, and you were looking all over for the damn thing. And I don't know if you ended up finding yeah. it or what happened. but uh, No, I, I did not. He, yeah. he, re- he reproduced. We have like 90 of them now in the house. It's oh. insane. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. But pretty cool. I, well done. I, yeah, I like it. And I love the... I love the articles and the people talking. Yeah, so and, that's I mean, that's, that's really cool. That I I took the uh, the Beyond Reality theme from my old Beyond Reality show. I took the beginning of that. 
So I didn't recreate it. I just took the beginning of it and I added the articles oh. and stuff because, you know, one of the, when we talk about paranormal IRL, this whole IRL concept, there's, there's news stories all the time about these strange phenomena, what we call high strangeness. There's stuff happening all the time. In fact, we're going to talk about some of that tonight with our guest, Mike Ricksecker. But there's high stuff. High strangeness? Yeah, that's not my phrase. I'm not even sure. I think it was, um, um, uh, Rosemary right, Ellen Guiley. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the. the I, I like it. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about some of that with, with our guest, Mike Ricksecker, tonight. But, uh, you know, these stories are happening all the time. I, I'm on a. Uh, a couple of uh, alert, you know, notification things where I get alerts every time there's some kind of paranormal. You're on some lists, all right. Headline in the news, and I'm, you know, I'm constantly getting these updates. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So that was trying to convey that, and then of course into our oh. our kind of kooky, as your uh, one of your kids put it, looks like a fifth fifth grader just got uh, their first copy of Photoshop <laughs> uh, intro. So you know, a little bit of the, the the article stuff, and then a little bit of the fifth grader uh, thing, which is about my level of skill. Awesome. Yeah. So I hope I hope people enjoy that. And and you know, we always vamp a little here in the beginning of the show as people as people file back into file the in. uh, into the show. Always good to see folks. We got a lot of a lot of them coming in. And whenever we have uh this guest cuz I've had Mike Ricksecker on the show several times uh in the past and he always brings uh, a great audience. People love hearing what he has to say. Um he's written books about uh, the Alaska Triangle but also shadow people and and I'll tell you the, the subjects like that just just capture people's imaginations and um, there's yeah. no better person to talk about this stuff with than mike ricksecker and when we bring him in uh, he's just a wealth of knowledge and not just knowledge but experience he's gone out and investigated this stuff he's he's done the ghost hunts and the and the shadow people hunts if you will you know he's been in the field doing this stuff he's not just a somebody with theories who writes books uh, although he has theories and he writes books but he does the the practical work as well yeah i had i had no idea that uh, there was a Bermuda Triangle of Alaska until I was researching him for the show. And I was like, what? What the hell is this all about? Yeah. And I can't wait to ask him about that. I know nothing about it. So uh, I hope that he can talk to me like I'm a third grader. So I'll understand it. But uh, and also um, in the cave here, I had to work on my racing lawnmower and the fuel system. So it's heavily fueled out <laughs> in here. And so if I really get goofy and start saying weird shit, it's because I'm high as a kite on fuel fumes. Oh well, I mean, that, that may that may ground you more than usual. I don't know. Could have the adverse effect or the opposite <laughs> effect for you. Lord knows that you. You know, in normal cases, you're you're kind of whatever you just said. Uh, let, let me just give you an, an idea of who Mike is. If you're not familiar, he's a best-selling author. He's got books like Alaska's Mysterious Triangle, A Walk in the Shadows, A Complete Guide to Shadow People, and many others on the paranormal, all sorts of topics. He's appeared on many television shows, including Travel Channel's The Alaska Triangle, Animal Planet's The Haunted, and many others. Mike is an Amazon best-selling mystery author as well. He's got a couple entries uh, to his Chase Michael DeBarlow private detective series, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit as well. So, uh, uh, once again, I'm really pleased and honored to have Mike back with us. Mike, welcome to the show. By the way, I have to tell people, one of the things we're kind of used to when we bring guests on the program is I've been in radio 35 years, so I tend to feel pretty confident about my microphone, my board, all these things. Mike comes on. It sounds like the voice of God coming at me out of nowhere. He's got like, the best sounding mic and setup. This there. is God yeah. speaking to you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Great to have you back, by the way. Thanks, JV. Always great to be on your show. And uh, Britt, great to meet you. Nice to meet you, Mike. 
<laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get a healthy dose of Brit tonight, just for one. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah, it, oh. is, it is great. It is great. Um, so what have you been up to? I mean, it's probably been I mean, is it a, really a year and a half since you've been on the show, Mike? What's been going on? Yeah, it's been a little while. Uh, well, since the last I was on your show, uh, Alaska's Mysterious Triangle, my latest book, uh, I published that back in October. That was, you know, really kind of, uh, you know, a compendium of, of information that I'd put together and things that I, I even learned uh, being on the Alaska Triangle television show. Uh, it was just recently here, uh, did a little stint on ancient aliens talking about shadow people and, uh, and have a lot of traveling that's coming up. So we did uh, the Egypt tour last year, which was amazing. Going to be doing Ireland this year. Egypt again next year. So just, yeah, all kinds of things. Mike, are, the are these organized tours that you're talking about? Or is this just you going off? Yeah, yeah. These are these are organized tours. So, you know, we have several guests that are, that are coming out. Um, and so we have, what, about uh, 18, 20 people going out to Ireland with us. Oh, um, I think we had like 15 last year in Egypt, which was just coming out of COVID. So people were still pretty hesitant about yeah. traveling. But, you know, things are opening back up now. Egypt's on my list. I have to ask you, you said that you were on Ancient Aliens talking about shadow people. What's the connection between shadow people and Ancient Aliens in general or the show specifically? Yeah, no, great question. Um, yeah, the there's the idea that some of these shadow entities that we witness may actually be extraterrestrials, whether it's some sort of uh, projection that they're putting off that comes up as a shadow, or they may be using some sort of cloaking device that they may think we're unable to see them, but not understanding fully the physiology of how our eyes work. It comes off more like a shadow or some people report like a shimmer man sort of thing that they witness when it's actually actually some sort of extraterrestrial technology. And of course, with, with ancient aliens, we got into, uh, you know, some of the ancient history behind these shadow entities going back to ancient Sumer, Egypt and uh, some Native American stories and legends as well. Have you drawn any conclusions about that particular theory? Is that something that you subscribe to or is it something, that, you know, maybe the, the producers of ancient aliens do? So you just offer your expertise on it. Um, no, this was something I talked about uh, a little bit in my book, A Walk in the Shadows, the possibility that some of these can actually be extraterrestrials. Uh, in fact, the whole cloaking device idea, uh, they came across in my book and that fascinated them. So that was one of the things that kind of inspired them to bring me on the show and talk about. Do you see an increasingly overlap between uh, various paranormal disciplines, whether it's uh, ghostly type phenomenon. I think probably traditionally we'd consider shadow people to be a ghostly type phenomena, although that might that definition might be changing. Uh, ET phenomena, alien phenomena, uh, Bigfoot phenomena, all these other uh, various paranormal occurrences. We're starting to see, in my opinion, some overlap in the explanations for some of this stuff. Do you see that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Everything's connected, and you know some of these things. Like you look at. ET experiencers and some shadow people uh, experiencers where uh, many of the encounters, somebody wakes up in the middle of the night and they see this figure standing in the corner. Some people see a shadow person, some people uh, see an, an ET, an extraterrestrial. Many times, not all the time, but many times there's the whole uh, you know sleep paralysis element with that as well. Uh, but you know, when it comes to the, the shadow entities, really great example is the Albert K. Bender story from 1952. He uh, founded the International Flying Saucer Bureau and it blew up big that, that first year when International, uh, within the first 12 months, he had 
you know, an office in the UK, an office in Australia. And remember this 1952, there's no internet, long distance calls are expensive. So right. this was really, really impressive what <laughs> he was able to do. Expensive. Yeah. No, right. You used to have to mortgage your, you used to, you used to, day was like, yeah, you have, your mom would be going, don't stay on the phone too long. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to plan it for Sunday at two o'clock. You're going to make this call. It can only last yeah. 15 after minutes. 9 after, after 9, 9 p.m. After 9 p.m. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, it wasn't that long wow. ago. It was not that long yeah, ago. It was not. It really wasn't. So for him to be able to do this back then. Uh, to make to blow this up that big was really really impressive, and then all of a sudden in 1953, boom, he shuts it down, and people didn't know why they didn't understand what happened. Well, in the early 1960s, he came out with a book, uh, Flying Saucers and the Three Men, and explained what had happened. And in his story, when he walked into his bedroom one night, morphing through the wall in his bedroom were these three dark shadowy beings wearing the hats with glowing eyes and smelling like sulfur. Now I hear the story and I'm thinking, well, this sounds like a shadow person type of a story. He said in his explanation that these were extraterrestrials. They were warning him off of doing all of his research that they were harvesting resources down in Antarctica over a period of 15 years. And they didn't want him saying anything about it until after they left. Other people hear the story and they say, well, these are the men in black. So it's almost like, you know, whichever lens you're looking at the story through, that could be applicable, whether it's paranormal, ETs, men in black, you know, are they one and the same thing? Mike, you mentioned in that particular example uh, that he saw figures with hats on. Of course, we have this whole new, I don't know if it's new, but we have this whole subcategory of, of visitations and sightings of hat man. Uh, is it your belief that hat man is, is a subset of shadow people or is it something very different? Uh, well, it's a type of shadow entity, uh, you know, it related somehow, some way, shape or form because they all are, but they're really kind of all different things. But what's interesting about the, you know, the hat wearing entities is that they're all different styles, you know, so somebody may see a, you know, a hat man wearing a fedora, another could be a top hat. I've heard of a story of one wearing an archer style hat, which was really fascinating. Um, there's even an interesting story about, um, uh, Walter B. Gibson, who under the uh, pseudonym Maxwell Grant had written the old uh, noir shadow stories, you know, the shadow nose. And in his old house in, in Greenwich Village, after he moved out, people were seeing a hat wearing shadow entity. And they thought, you know, it was a ghost uh, or uh, in, in some people ascertain that, you know, maybe it was uh, the spirit of a civil war or a, or a revolutionary war soldier or something like this. Well, Gibson and also John Keel chimed in on it and said, no, actually what it is, is a, a thought form that uh, Gibson had put so much energy into writing his shadow character that it actually manifested as a sentient being in his house. So now you have a, like a completely different type of entity wearing a hat. That's kind of the same genesis as Slenderman, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, very, very uh, similar it was, to it was the fiction. It was concept. Yeah, it was fiction. fiction, and it right. seemed to manifest, at least according to some reports, manifest. Yeah, exactly. It's what we would call a uh, these days we call it a, a tulpa. Uh, it's based off of the old uh, Buddhist thought form uh, type of manifestation, and it's really interesting because when you go down that rabbit hole, you find this whole, um, you know really subculture on the internet where they've dubbed this tulpamancy and people 
try to conjure sentient beings of like their favorite anime characters and things like this. That sounds a little kinky. <laughs> I'm not sure what I think <laughs> what I think about that, but man, I'm in. <laughs> so as you've, I mean, I think the last time you were on the program, we were talking primarily about shadow people, and mm-hmm. um, I just has the needle moved at all in the year or so since you've been on the program? Do you have different beliefs now than you did then, or is, are you still pursuing the same lines of thinking when it comes to explanations for this? Um, I mean, I always reserve the right to change my mind. I mean, there's so many different things that uh, that, that we learn over the years that I don't think you can just pigeonhole yourself into uh, into one area. I, th- I think, um, you know, okay. So back in the, I want to say, uh, maybe it was around November, it was back in the fall at some point, uh, on a, another podcast, we're chatting uh, about shadow entities. And the story came up of a type of doppelganger incident in which was a young adult male and when he was a young child he had walked into the kitchen and saw standing there by the kitchen table this tall dark hooded figure you know some sort of shadow person scared him to death he went running off well when he got a little bit older he's at the kitchen table making a sandwich he's wearing a hoodie looks over into the doorway and there is this short childlike sort of shadow figure that ends up running off. And he realizes then, wait a second, I just actually experienced myself. When I was younger, I saw myself as a older, you know, wearing the hoodie. Mm -hmm. And when I was older wearing the hoodie, I saw, you know, my younger self, but they've both showed up as a shadow. So something like this, you know, people would call it like a doppelganger sort of effect, but it's actually some sort of time slip. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm kind of discovering more and more. Some of these incidents that we're perceiving as some sort of shadow or, you know, maybe even apparition uh, are actually time slips. Wow. That's a really fascinating story, Hmm. and um, it's a really interesting concept as well. If we start thinking about these phenomena as either slips of in time or some type of interdimensional crossovers instead of a spirit manifesting itself as a shadow person. I mean, it really opens up the possibilities of what we can imagine and and how we can explain these things. And I'll let you address that quickly. And then Britt, you can take it. Um, what am I addressing here? I'm addressing just, just the idea. Well, just the idea that if we start <laughs> thinking in more broader terms like that and stop pigeonholing ourselves to thinking that everything is a, you know, is your is your the spirit of your grandmother or whatever, you know, if we start right. thinking in broader terms, it really opens up these possibilities and it starts to make more sense in some ways. Right, right. It might not just be the spirit of grandma. What it could actually be is if you're in grandma's house, you may actually be experiencing grandma 50 years ago. And she herself may be experiencing you while you're in the future. Uh, so, you know, concepts like that are fascinating to me where, and the question of course becomes, you know, what's the catalyst? What makes this happen? You know, what kind of energy is behind it? And, you know, I think it has, you know, it goes back to, uh, you know, energy resonance vibration. I think these moments in time somehow are resonating at the same frequency that we just get that little glimpse for just a moment. Okay, so first, uh, I got I to gotta address a question in chat, or they're asking you, because when you said this, like, chat lit up. It says, uh, whoa, whoa, or the hell did it go? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So he thinks they are all aliens. So do you think no. all sha- shadow people are all aliens, or? No, they're not all aliens. They are a lot of different things. So 
ETs, you know, one possibility. Uh, some of them are human spirits, can't quite fully manifest as an apparition. I think a true shadow person is an interdimensional being. Uh, some we just talked about being time slips or kind of that doppelganger effect. Um, I think some of them are even things like astral projections that somebody's projected themselves uh, into your room. They're coming off as a shadow or a little bit of a shimmer or what have you. These are a lot of different things. It's not just one particular thing. And and that's a question I'll get a lot. Okay, what is a shadow person? It's like, well, okay, how much time do you have? Because you know, I can list <laughs> well, all hour. kinds of different things that they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One hour. Here we go. <laughs> okay. There we go. There we go. Okay. So I'm going to try and tie uh, our last guest we had on the other day into a question for you. Cause it, it, it made me think when you were talking about, uh, about uh, the gentleman writing the book manifested the shadow person that he was constantly mm -hmm. thinking about. So we had Gregory Little on uh, his book is the origin mm -hmm. of gods, but he's been researching parallel forever and a day. And he, yeah, I, I'm actually he, listening uh, to the audio book right now. <laughs> Oh, very cool. Origins oh, okay. of the Gods, go. that one? Yeah, that's how. Yeah, Origins of the Gods. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, he was amazing. Amazing. But he he, he was talking about the, what the Navy has released and that the Navy has this patent for this device that uh, the laser puts out a, a targeting system uh, and it's it's manipulating something to do with the, 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 the dust that it's manipulating to create this imagery. My question to you is, if we as humans can do that, we're in a haunted location. We're trying to make contact. These things are smart enough. So as you said with this gentleman writing the book, it kind of figured out what he was thinking, shaped itself to look like what he was thinking, to make contact. Is, it, is this possibly why I can go into a, room, into a house, see something, and I, I experience it one way, and then you go in right after me and experience something, and it's completely different to what you want to see? Is it possible that these entities are smart enough to realize what we're looking for? So they're shaping themselves to look like what we're looking for so that they a don't scare the shit out of us or b <laughs> our brain doesn't shut it out as being confusing uh, i think that's one possibility that if an entity that has enough know-how to be able to manipulate that energy they may be able to manipulate it into a form that um that they want us to see or maybe is more pleasing for us to see i think um you know, some of these entities don't necessarily want to be seen and we're accidentally seeing them i i've uh, you know have I've had some of those stories and experiences. Uh, sometimes though, you know, we see, we could be standing right next to somebody and we see some sort of phenomenon and we both see it differently. And, you know, I hearken back to, you know, personal resonance, frequency, and vibration. You know, there was one time, there's five of us standing there. We watched this rolling black smoke morph into the apparition of a little girl. And we all saw her a little bit differently. Like I saw her fully formed from the head all the way down to about her knees and she dissipated away. Others saw her fully formed at the feet and then kind of dissipated away toward the head. And it goes back to, you know, the human body has a uh, resonant frequency within a certain range, but for each person, it's a little bit different. And that particular entity also has their own energy about them. So if we're all vibrating a little bit of different frequency like that, we're gonna be seeing things uh, like apparitions, shadows, and all this other phenomena a little bit differently than the person standing right next to us. Okay, so I'm gonna jump subjects. I am the amateur here. So JV's the professional, I'm the amateur. So I'm all over the place. So you're talking about time slipping. And your grandma witnessing, you know, experiencing you in the future, you experiencing her 50 years ago or whatever. Is it possible to time slip and have three of me at the same time? Oh, please no. Please say no. Please say no. 
Uh, no, it's possible. Oh, no. Can you imagine that? Oh, oh it'd be amazing. It would be possible. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, uh, okay. Then the other thing I'm going to, I want to jump to, um, I'm completely all over the place. I'm so sorry for this. This, this, this triangle in Alaska, I just found it on your website, the book that you wrote. So now I got to go read that book, but I haven't read it yet. But it, it says like the Bermuda Triangle of Alaska. I mean, like literally planes disappearing, people disappearing, weird shit happening. Um, hold on, hold in on. Alaska. Hold on. Before you answer that, Mike, let me just give give everybody an idea what this would be like. This is what we're talking about. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. I mean, is this really what we want? <laughs> oh hell yeah. Is this really, really oh, wow. what we want? I'm not so sure that's a good idea. We, we come on, bring it. I'll have like six nipples. You It'll be want. amazing. Yeah, that's right, Mike. It, sometimes we do get things we don't want. Wow. That's a scary thought. Anyway, sorry to interrupt the question. Go ahead. That's uh, all right. Um, yeah, so the Alaska Triangle, there's actually many of these different types of triangle areas around the world. So, of course, the most famous is the Bermuda Triangle. There's Alaska. There's a Dragon Triangle out near Japan, which you have stories uh, with that area dating all the way back to 1000 BC. So that is the phenomenon there dates back into far antiquity. Uh, in the United States, uh, you have like the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts, Lake Michigan Triangle. And yeah, it these are areas that have a lot of these different strange disappearances like you see in the Bermuda Triangle. So in Alaska, you have since 1988, some 16,000 people that have gone missing, which, you know, even for some of your larger states like California, New York, what have you, um, that's, that's a high number for those states. But you know, Alaska has a very, very small population. So the percentage is astronomical. Right. You know, it's, it's bizarre. And then, yeah, you have the missing uh, planes. The most famous was 1972. Uh, the uh, House Majority Leader Hale Boggs uh, and a Alaska uh, state representative, uh, Nick Begich, went missing in this plane going through the Portage Pass, never to be seen again. That was 50 years ago now. And still, nothing has ever been found. To this day, nothing's ever been found. And so that's just one case. Wow. There's many others that have gone completely missing. Um, 1950, a Douglas Skymaster that does uh, crew of 44. It was a relatively decent day. They had just passed uh, from Alaska into Yukon territory and then just disappeared. They had disappeared. thousands of military personnel out there looking for it. Uh, yeah, they never heard anything from it again. Crazy thing is a couple of weeks later, a smaller plane went down in the same area that this larger plane had gone missing, they found that boom right away. There were also a couple of UFO sightings huh. around that time too, a couple of days beforehand around the Kodiak area, a uh, pretty significant uh, phenomenon that the Navy got involved with. And then uh, a couple of days after the fact, uh, Elmendorf Air Force Base, there were some UFO sightings. So people try to attribute that uh, missing Douglas Skymaster to possible UFO activity, but there's several different uh, theories with that, like maybe it you know passed through some sort of uh, portal into another dimension and things like that. Didn't so there's two of this guy in some other time slip somewhere? Let me just jump in right. here. Let me just jump in here very quickly because I, uh, in collecting uh, news stories for one of the other shows that I do, it seems to me that there was just a, a fairly major story about it, uh, an aerial phenomena in Alaska that they were having trouble identifying. Some were calling it like a space worm. It was just long. Did you see it, Mike? Do you know what I'm talking about? 
Um, I did not see I'm gonna that see if- particular story, but I mean, I spent three years in Alaska and there was all kinds of crazy things that we saw in the sky. I mean, you're, you're up north. I mean, the Aurora Borealis, yeah. absolutely beautiful. But I mean, you're talking about, you know, we have a, a thinner layer of protection up there with the, uh, uh, you know, the Earth's magnetic shield. And you have these solar flares that are just pounding that area up there. So that's where we get the auroras from. But you get all this other crazy phenomena up there as well. Okay, sorry to interrupt yeah. there. I'm going to look, I'm gonna look and see if I can find a picture. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going to look and see if I can find this picture. It's like a, like a Bermuda octagon or a – it's always a triangle. It's always a triangle. That's just good branding. <laughs> oh, okay. Seriously. Seriously. Triangle's it got good those, PR. It, it does. Yeah. Well, when um, that – that term was first coined back in you know, the 1940s. Uh, you know, they, they picked you know three big points on the map, Bermuda, Miami, uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. All this crazy activity would happen kind of between those three spots. But it's more like a circle, you know, because I'll get people that'll say, well, you know, this, uh, this story that you told in your book happened outside of your triangle area. It's like, yep, yeah, it doesn't happen within a, you know, a specific triangle area. It's not exact like that. It, you know, when, when you talk about ish, triangle ish, well, when you talk about, you know, magnetic phenomena, which is really what this comes down to, you know, take your, your magnet that you might have on your refrigerator or, or what have you. It's, it's not in a perfect rectangle like that. It's more of like a, right. more of like a circle, like a globe. All right. So I, there, I, is, I found there, the, I found this any? quickly. This is kind of, uh, this is what I was talking okay. about. Oh, wait a second. Yes, I did see this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. They tried to say that it was some sort of contrail off of, uh, off of an airplane, but, uh, and it felt like light hit it just contrail. the right way. That's yeah, no, that's, that's something else. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. I did see that. Sorry. Thank oh, no. you for is there, your memory. Is there anything that, that like, like, I mean, we've all seen the Bermuda Triangle shows that are out there, mm-hmm. and they, they hold a compass up, and it goes crazy, and the magnetics are off, and this is yeah. Is there anything that's common amongst all these triangles that they're able to, or these areas that they're able to tie together? They have a, a, a common issue that might make everything happen? Yeah. Yeah, and, and really it's electromagnetism. So like you're talking about with the, the compasses going crazy, um, in 19... 19- 65 the u.s department of the interior did a magnetic survey of alaska they covered about a sixth of the state about a hundred thousand miles and state of alaska is over six hundred thousand but just within that hundred thousand square miles uh they found what they called five distinct magnetic characters and some of these they were calling negative anomalies so it's uh yeah the the magnetism up there up there is very volatile and you find that in bermuda triangle I mean, the, the first reports of the Bermuda Triangle, of course, it wasn't called that back then, but Christopher Columbus reported these strange compass readings sailing through the, the Bermuda Triangle. So, yeah, that, that's a very common theme uh, with these areas. Do we know why? Um, well, you're talking about the... Basically, it's that that vortex energy that's welling up from the Earth's magnetic core, and it's passing through different types of rocks and minerals. In some areas, water, Bermuda, of course, you know that would be a lot of water. But um, but depending on what minerals and metals it's hitting as it's coming up through like the Earth's you know mantle and crust and all that, it's going to create these different properties. And some of those just 
amplify that magnetic energy. Now, someplace like Alaska, you also have a lot of things like, um, you know, seismic activity. There's a lot of earthquakes up there. There's a lot of volcanic activity as well. Uh, when I first showed up there, uh, 1992 when I was in the Air Force, I mean, there's still ash falling from the sky from a recent volcanic eruption right across the Cook Inlet. You know, wow. so it's, it's kind of a shock. Okay, there's there's ash falling from the sky. We got we got hit with an earthquake a couple months later that was pretty significant. I think it was like a 6.8 or something like that. It's not like a cannon went off. You know, I was, I was new to earthquakes then. I'm in the Air Force <laughs> in Alaska. 1992, you're like, okay, the, the Soviet Union had just fallen apart, but we're not that far from it. So... You know, and I'm on a military installation. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, but it was an earthquake. And um, yeah, that April, we talk about crazy things happening in Alaska. There's a plane taking off from the Anchorage airport. And all of a sudden, the engine, one of the engines just fell right off the airplane, landed in a supermarket parking lot. It was like totally wow. bizarre. Somehow nobody got hurt, but absolutely bizarre. Wow. So if there are places that have amplification, like the Bermuda Triangle, the Alaska Triangle, are there other areas that, as they survey, that just have nothing? And then nothing weird happens there. Well, there are going to be places that have less magnetism. You're not going to find a place on Earth that has no magnetism uh, because we have, uh, again, you know, the, the Earth's core is magnetically charged. We have a, a magnetic shield that protects the planet, uh, you know, from a lot of different things. So there's never going to be, be a place that has no magnetism, but there are places that have lower magnetism than others, and some have extremely high magnetism. And then those places that have lower magnetism, does it seem to be less craziness there, less paranormal stuff there, less, is there any yeah, there's studies gonna be... done correlating all that? There's going to be less activity. So, you know, people talk about ley lines and things like that. And when you have those, you know, crossings of of those lines, you know, that's where you get, you know, a bigger uh, magnetic charge. And that's where, you know, the ancients would put their, you know, temples and stone circles and things like that to kind of tap into that energy. And it's along those lines and those nodes where you tend to find more things going on, more supernatural activity, more high strangeness like you were talking about earlier. I strange, so, which which does seem to does seem to be a bit of a newer term. That's that's coming more out of the UFO community. Was that Rosemary Ellen Guiley that coined that term, Mike? Do you know? Do you remember? I don't know if she's the one that coined it or not. Um, this it's it's a newer term that's come to me over the last couple of years. Just yeah. uh, starting to work with more people out of the ufology community. So they and they were using it, right? Okay, so I, I don't know. So I ha I have a, a graphic here. It's a map. Is this what you? Um, no, as the Alaska Triangle, what's represented here on this map? Yeah, and you know that's the the funny nomenclature, Alaska and Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bermuda is nowhere near Alaska, <laughs> yeah, right. but yeah, yeah, you can see it stretches there from Juneau to Anchorage to Yukiavik at the at the very top. So yeah, very very large area. Now I don't know a whole lot about Alaska. I did do a state report. Um, in fifth grade, and I happened to get Alaska as my state. So I remember doing a little bit of research on it, uh, as little as I would do in fifth grade. But I can only imagine that underneath that shaded area that is the triangle represented there, that there's a lot of, a lot of wilderness, right? I mean, there's a lot of unpopulated oh, wilderness there. Yeah, there really is. Uh, I don't think people realize just how massive and remote Alaska is. Uh, you know, some of these... We, we talked about the missing people earlier. Yes, there are people that just go missing in the woods. That that does happen. But um, yeah, there's, it, it is just really, it's beautiful. You know, I was about to say desolate. It's not, 
it, it, it can be kind of desolate in some areas during the winter, but it's extremely beautiful. You have these, you know, little creeks running everywhere. Uh, everything's literally bigger in Alaska. You get <laughs> salmon that are just like huge uh, out of the rivers there. And um, yeah, so I, I encourage everybody to go up there and visit. It's not a, uh, it's not a hospitable place to live. I did that for three years and uh, won't do that again. But going back to visit, absolutely beautiful country. Uh, I think I got this from uh, notes on your book. Um, 16,000 people missing since 1988. Is 1988 kind of the point at which this phenomenon started to occur? Or does the history go farther back than that? I think that's where they were starting to really keep track of the statistics. So there's actually a, um, oh, what is the name of the organization? Uh, yeah, Alaska's put together a specific uh, organization, a specific bureau uh, for the, these missing people cases because they just happen so often and they happen you know, right in front of people. Uh, there was a, uh, they have the Mount Marathon race there every year in Seward, Alaska. And about 10 years ago, Michael Lemaitre, he's running up the, the big hill just as everybody else is, doesn't come back down, just in the middle of a race, completely disappeared. So, you know, all the officials and the you know, police and, you know, they're all scouring the area seeing, you know, did he fall down somewhere? Did, you know, what the heck happened? No trace of him whatsoever. Wow. You know, in the middle of a race. Wow. I have uh, uh, in the chat room, um, one of our moderators, Scooter, we call him, says, JV, ask him, meaning you, Mike, about the plane that disappeared with the two politicians on board in the 60s. No trace has ever been found. That's the case you were just talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, Hale Boggs and Nick Begich, 1972. Yeah, that's um, a totally bizarre case. It was the it became the biggest search and rescue uh, mission to that point in time in, in U.S. history. They even had spy planes, you know, out there looking for them and just nothing. Never found no any trace of the plane or them or anything. Nope. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, you can only imagine if if you want to go non-paranormal, non-supernatural, uh, you could say that, you know, maybe – you know, they they could be covered in, in a, you know, 100 feet of snow pack at this point, right? I mean, it's that type of terrain. At this point, yeah. But, um, you know, other other planes had gone down in that area, the, the Portage Pass. Mm -hmm. And, of course, while they're, you know, dealing with that record, you know, keeping an eye out for uh, the Boggs baggage plane right. and just nothing. It's crazy. Now, there are, there are conspiracy theories. Of course, about because uh, uh, Hale Boggs had consented against the Warren Commission, which was that's the right. I remember that. Together yeah, for the JFK case, and that's uh, right. so there's some conspiracy theories there about you know what were they intentionally? Did they intentionally go missing somehow? All right, so I'm going to share now. We're going to we're going to go back to shadow people for a minute here, Mike. I want to share a photo that was supplied by one of our uh, longtime listeners, uh, Steph, in our chat room. Shared First this time caller. Yeah, shared this photo, um, and she wants kind of your opinion of it. Uh, I don't know if I can give you the full background on what happened here, but apparently they had just gotten home. I'm reading this from the chat room. They had just gotten home, and her daughter saw this figure and snapped a picture of it. Uh, I know there's not a lot of information, but what do you see there when you look at that picture? Well, I mean, you definitely see the the difference in color there, uh, you know, through the doorway. So, you know, yeah, I mean, just initially looking at this, I mean, there's a distinct cutoff there right within the frame, uh, within the window frame. So, mm -hmm. you know, that I would be looking more for like if it was in front of the door, uh, that sort of thing. 
yeah, this it, it it's hard to tell with something like that. It is because you don't have much information. I mean, that's kind yeah, of, it's, it's there's difficult. not a lot to go on there. I mean, looking at it quickly, it's obviously an impressive as a humanoid figure there in some fashion. Yeah, um, you see a head and a form and all that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But just the fact that it's kind of perfectly within that frame, that's where you know I would want I would want more information right. and try to go there and recreate it if possible. Yeah, so she she's saying it's not a fake. No one's saying it's, is, it's a fake. It's just yeah. a question of whether how it's interpreted, Steph. I mean, um, and and I have to ask Stephan if you'll answer in chat. Is this from the outside of the house looking into the house? Like, is is the interior of the house behind that door, or is it in the house looking? Looking outside, looking to the exterior. The exterior is on the other side, because I, I don't know. Unless you guys can tell, I can't tell. This is this is the hard thing with photos that are just uh, just handed to us, and particularly when we're all at events and someone comes up and says, "I got this photo. What do you think?" And it's like, yeah. I, I wasn't there. I don't know. You're the one that's investigating. You know what was the humidity? What was what was behind it? Did you try to debunk it? Did you? We weren't there, so you're putting a photo in front of us and. It's hard for us to give any form of an informed opinion on it, whether it's fake or real or something in the middle. We're not there, and we don't have the data set to be able to draw a conclusion from. So it puts us at a at a disadvantage. And then if you say the wrong thing, it's like, well, I don't think it's kind of they lose their shit on you. But you got to be careful what you say. And it's it's which right. is why I don't really look at photos when people come and go, hey, can you tell me? I, I don't know. I don't. I yeah, you, you I can definitely see a change in. Yeah, you can definitely see a change in color in the photo. You know, absolutely. Um, but yeah, w- without without more context, you know, like uh, you know, I'll have people that just you know they'll they'll put a circle on a photo in the woods, and it's like, okay, I see trees. <laughs> you know, and they're saying, do you see that guy there? And it's difficult. Or reflection photos. You know, it's like, okay, I see something. You know, in the window, but you know it. It could be reflective, and I have no idea what's behind the photographer uh, in those cases. So, yeah, so you don't know because you're not in the situation. Yeah, it's it's a great picture, Stefan. Also, not showing you, you accidental nudity. It's a, it's a great picture, Stefan. Thank you for sharing it with us. But as Britt pointed out, it's almost impossible just to take a picture without any other information, and uh, you know, not having been there when the picture was taken, and all of that, and really completely understand what's going on. But it is certainly interesting, and thanks for. For sharing it. By the way, I just wanted to show folks these are a couple of Mike's books: uh, Alaska's Mysterious Triangle and A Walk in the Shadows. Tell us about the. Are you still doing the fiction? Is that still a project um, for you? Yeah, it's it's been on the back burner for a while. Um, I do have the two fiction books out, the detective novels, and from time to time, I've kind of revisited that a little bit. Like I was, um, I took that detective character and I was doing an online web series for a while where I was putting him into more of a, of a paranormal role. And I had a, a really good illustrator, Adam Tiller, who's done some artwork for my books in the past, uh, that was working on that project, but that was a good, maybe five years ago now. So every once in a while, I'll kind of dust him off and, and bring him back up when you need some sanity right when you need some <laughs> right. escape from this this high strangeness that we talk about right. all the time uh there's been a lot made mike of uh of disclosure we're getting drips and drabs of information from the federal government about their ufo surveillance projects and other types of projects that had been denied for many many years and suddenly they're starting to give us little bits of information about it what do you see going on here do you think there's a lot more to come when it comes to that, or do you think that uh, what we've heard is pretty much all they've got, and uh, the rest of it is just people speculating? Well, when they 
when they released that report last June, uh, you know, everybody was really amped up. Are they finally going to, you know, disclose some information to us? And um, the, there are a lot of a lot of us that were skeptical about, yeah. you know, no, they're not going to tell us anything. And they and they didn't. Um, some people considered it a win because they didn't deny everything either. They, you know, said that, uh, you know, from their range of time, they had these uh, cases that they could not explain. I was disappointed in, in, in that, uh, you know, because they went back to the early 2000s. And, you know, I was, I'm kind of left scratching my head like, wait a minute, you know, we had Project Blue Book there for a number of years that still has 700 open cases. Right. That was not mentioned at all. They were kind of making it out like, well, we've only been studying this phenomenon since the early 2000s. Like, no, 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 no. You guys have been studying this for decades. And you, so, I think there's there's more to come. Maybe they're going to drip a little bit here and there. They're at least not outright denying it anymore, which can be considered a win. The uh, footage we've seen from uh, Air Force pilots, Navy pilots, I mean, some of it is quite compelling, uh, but I, I suppose it's not definitive. Have you give, given any of those any analysis? Um, yeah, I've taken a look at them and, you, you know, like the Tic Tac video, the gimbal video, those, uh, and they are moving, those objects are moving in ways that, you know, our aircraft can't do today. And if you put a human body into there, the G-forces would just, you know, rip the body apart. So, you know, something's going on there that, uh, that, that we can't explain. I mean, it, you know, is it some sort of, you know, drone technology? Possibly, but again, we don't know of craft within our within our military or even on the commercial side that are constructed like that and move in those directions so you know it's it's interesting as we jump around here it's kind of like a hopscotch of topics i want to go back to the shadow people and ghost uh topic for just a little bit uh there are some folks that um feel like anything dark, whether it's a shadow person or some other dark mass has a negative energy to it, or maybe even a demonic connection. Uh, I imagine you don't believe that. So if it, it, maybe you do, but I imagine you don't. Uh, so help people understand why they shouldn't be afraid of things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. I, I don't believe that. I mean, yes, some are, but, but not all, um, you know, people tend to fear what they don't understand or when they see something that has a, a you know, a, dark you know color to especially when you're in a setting that's dark like you know at night you're in a dark room and all of a sudden there's something in there that's even darker you know immediately we become afraid or um like my first experience was a was a shadow person experience standing in the corner of my bedroom as a child and you know i thought there was an intruder in the house sure you know which you know that's kind of where your first mind goes or where your mind first goes to is that there's somebody here that is I did not welcome into my home. That is an intruder. Uh, but most cases, they're just kind of standing there staring, watching, and not really doing anything. I mean, it's creepy, yeah, but th they're not actually being threatening. Uh, some are actually benevolent, where they will actually do things to help people. You know, some are, you know, we've kind of talked about them all being different things. Some are human spirits. So it could just be, you know, somebody's Aunt Trudy or even your Aunt Trudy uh, that has come to pay a visit, which, you know, Aunt Trudy's not a demon. So it just, well, it really you don't know, you don't know my Aunt Trudy. Shadow. You don't know my Aunt Trudy. <laughs> don't know Aunt Trudy. <laughs> uh, you know, Ooh. those Aunt Trudy's. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to let Britt take you here for just a second. But again, you've, you've been out in the field. Uh, have you ever been in a circumstance where you've been, you felt, because sometimes you get a feeling, you know, it's more than what you're thinking or what you're seeing. You actually get a, a sense 
whether it's a, a, a gut instinct or whatever it is where you feel like you need to get out of the room or you feel like, uh, you know, this is not going to be a good encounter. Have you ever had been in that position, found yourself in that situation? Um, yeah, but it's, it's not often. And it was in a situation that, you know, I was not doing anything paranormal related. So if I was out on an investigation and I saw, you know, something like a shadow, I would, you know, I'd go running toward it. In fact, I think I remember watching an episode there with Britt, uh, what was the baseball hall of fame? He went running through the baseball hall of fame oh, yeah, yeah. At, a, at a shadow. Right? Yeah, I got yeah, trouble I, for that. I was going to say, I think they arrested <laughs> yeah. him for that. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but that would be yeah, my normal I, you know, reaction. Yeah, I, I thought it was a security guard that was roaming and that shouldn't have been. And I, I mean, we saw it plain as day. And I was like, that's a person. And who the hell are they? And what are they doing? So, but my surprise when I got down, there was no way out and there was no one there. I was like, what the hell was that all about? Right. But yeah, I got right. But your, your reaction Don't was to run. To the run. I, I wasn't running away. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't running, dude running away. Yeah. I was <laughs> running towards it. I mean. You're running towards it. Sometimes exactly. you got to do that. Yeah. And sure. so that would be my normal reaction. Know. But there was but there was one time um it, it was not out on a paranormal investigation. It was yeah, it was at band camp. <laughs> <laughs> that band camp could be scary. Um, <laughs> no, it was a it was a it was a personal situation. Um uh, there was a, a friend of mine that I was I, I needed to go talk down off a ledge. She had gone to her old childhood home, which uh was at that point an abandoned house, uh kind of off the beaten path uh it was uh down in salisbury maryland up against these you know very dense woods it was a very uh kind of dark area um and she had parked her suv behind the house so i went down there uh, to go talk to her parked in the driveway i went to her car and we're sitting there talking for a while and over the course of time as we're talking i noticed through the side mirror that in the woods there were these kind of shorter shadow entities that were creeping up along the trunk of the trees and you know we're continuing to talk and i'm noticing this you know more and more of these are, are coming up by the trees and it's starting to kind of feel dark and heavy and i was not prepared for this you know i was there you know to try to help her and she notices that i noticed something because she was also uh involved with the paranormal and i was like uh yeah yeah I, and i told her what i saw and again, keeping an eye on it while we continue to talk. Well, one of them decided to approach the back of the SUV. And at that point, I'm like, you know, maybe we should go ahead and get out of here. We, you know, this is not what we're down here for. We're not prepared for this. Let's go ahead and go somewhere else to talk. So she agreed to that. I get out of her car to go back to mine. And I didn't run into that shadow that came up to the SUV. But I did see, you know, still along the trees, these shorter shadow entities along the near the tree trunks. And as I'm walking back to my car, I look up at the tree tops and there was this, I can only describe it as like a living spider web because it was white and kind of slinked through the tree tops. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's good that we're getting out of here because I have no idea what that thing is up there. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I don't know that we I've, got out. I don't know <laughs> that I've ever heard anything similar to that. I, have you researched it since to see if there other people have similar stories? Well, um, in that area, no, I haven't heard any similar stories like that. In from that area, I have as um, as far as like things people have witnessed in the wood. Yeah, other people have witnessed you know shadow entities and things like that in the woods. Um, the the white silky living spider web sort of thing. You know, people report like um, like white mist and kind of amorphous sort of manifestations 
um, almost like you know maybe ectoplasm or things like that. Uh, people also report that as shadows that you have this amorphous kind of shadow smoke sort of thing as well. So, um, but yeah, not in that like specific area though. So uh, since we're talking a lot about shadow people and shadow things, I think this is an appropriate time to say, if you go to paranormalirl.com and click the merch button, there are quite a few shadow people t-shirts on there for sale. And if you buy one, it helps. Oh, there we go. It helps support <laughs> us and uh, the amount of money that it costs to, for the software that we have to rent every month and whatnot. So please go to our merch site and help us where you can. And they're nice premium t-shirts. Oh, did I say whatnot? Yeah, you Oh, did. I was trying not to. Um, <laughs> Jesus, but uh, the, the, the premium t-shirt from Teespring is actually really nice. So Mike, so you're having this heavy conversation with this friend of yours and she, it sounds like it was, the problem was her side. So have you found that when people are having mental stress, whether it's relationship, children, just mental stress, that activity picks up, like it's almost like it's gonna kind of take advantage of that person or you for that matter? Because I've always said, you know, if you're mentally off or drunk or on drugs, don't go do this because you're just going to be open to really bad shit. Um, you think that maybe right. it was they're feeling that energy and that intenseness and going, hmm, we might have an opportunity here. I mean, they very well could have been uh, because she did have a very uh, strong energy about herself and she was uh, she was an intuitive. So she was already kind of like more into uh, that side of the supernatural anyway. So it's very likely that, you know, if she's because we talk we talk about like psychics, intuitives and things like that being kind of like a, a beacon for the spirit world. So if she's out there kind of shining like that beacon, but they see it's a vulnerable sort of beacon, uh, then it could be something that they were approaching like, yes, maybe this is an advantage or a situation we could take advantage of. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's really all. Uh, you, got, you got any more, JV? I know we're coming up to the end of the hour. Is there anything? Yeah, no, yeah, no. I, I, I do want to ask Mike about his current project. I mean, he's done a lot of TV appearances. Is that becoming more, yeah. taking up more of your time, Mike? Are you doing more of that stuff? Yeah. It, it is actually so um, we talked about ancient aliens earlier a month ago it was the unexplained with William Shatner uh, next week I'm going to be out in Boulder Colorado to film for Gaia TV and then when I come back I'll be a couple days later uh, heading up to uh, Buffalo to film for yet another television show uh, based out of Canada so yeah a lot more of that's uh, been coming up which is which is great I welcome it uh, but it certainly keeps me busy. What do you think about uh, this ebb and flow of paranormal television, whether it's reality, paranormal reality, stuff like Ghost Hunters, or it's more documentary style? Uh, I mean, some of them get it right. Some of them kind of exaggerate. Uh, what do you think it does for the field in general? You think on whole it helps? Well, I think one of the great things that it has done for people over the years is it's it's gotten it's a couple of different things. It's gotten us uh, to talk about uh, this phenomenon. It's helped people realize that, hey, I'm not alone in this. There are these other people out there that are experiencing this activity. And so more and more people have been coming forth with their stories and sharing their experiences where, you know, you look, you know, 25, 30, 40 years ago, if you talked about this sort of thing, then you, you were shunned, you were made fun of. Uh, 50 years ago, you may have been thrown in a straight jacket and locked up somewhere. Uh, so it, it's been great that the conversation has gotten started and rolling. Yeah, I mean, you, you you can kind of you know nitpick and criticize you know the way certain shows present things, but I think overall it's been good for people. 
And you're right about it, bringing the conversation from maybe, you know, the back room up right to the, you know, the dinner table, the kitchen table. People are having conversations about these things where they wouldn't have felt comfortable doing it before. Uh, what do you, are you, are you, are you working on another book? Uh, any, any secrets you want to devolve here? Can we scoop anything here tonight? <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I'm always working on another book. Um, it, the next book that I'm uh, working on is called Connecting the Universe, where I'm um, you know, connecting a lot of this different uh, phenomena to uh, you know, ancient history, the inner workings of, of the cosmos, and this sort of thing. It's kind of piggybacking off of, I have an online learning site called ConnectedUniversePortal.com. And so uh, there we explore a lot of kind of the more uh, esoteric types of knowledge. I have courses out out there on like ancient Egypt. I do have one on shadow entities, uh, but but we explore, you know, some of these deeper topics there. And so that's what this new book is going to be about. You were doing uh, a podcast. You're still doing that. You are doing a live streaming series. You have, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the media uh, group. That, that Yeah, you, it was. Um, Haunted Road Media. You're doing Haunted Road Media. Yeah, that was the, um, was the book publishing company. Uh, company that uh, i've had to pull back on that a little bit still uh, a, a couple of yeah, books there's only, only so many hours people. a day right <laughs> you really are so uh, but i had my <laughs> but i took on some bigger projects so like you know hunter road media there was also the the youtube channel that there where i put out like some 700 videos and they're you know, shorter ones but i got into some bigger film projects i released last year uh the shadow dimension docuseries which is uh running on 2b tv right now so that's um that's been a pleasant success we're i'm working on season two of that right now as well and um geez what else do i have going on so the uh the the live stream show that I was doing edge of the rabbit hole i was did that for over six years i had to shut that down because again yeah, just too many other conflicts I'm, with my schedule right now. Yeah. But um, yeah, but I still have uh, part of the Connected Universe portal is a Wednesday night class uh, that I live stream uh, for for those uh, members. But I end up converting that into an audio podcast later on. So the members, you know, they get the slideshow presentation, the mm -hmm. video clips and all that. Uh, and then I have the audio podcast that's presented later for the public side. So so I'm still doing that. Oh, that's great. Um, people can find all of this and all of your whereabouts and what you're doing up to it at your website, Mike Ricksecker, you're just your name.com. Is there any other place that you'd send folks social media or anything? Yeah, MikeRicksecker.com, um, ConnectedUniversePortal.com, and then uh, everything about the Shadow Dimension is uh, ShadowDimension.com. You can find me all kinds of uh, social media, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those places. Great, Mike. It's always a pleasure having you on the show, and I love your perspective on this stuff. Thanks for doing great work, by the way. That makes it easy to talk about it. And uh, keep <laughs> us in the loop. Let us know what you've got going on, because we'd love to have you come back soon. Absolutely. I always love coming on your show, JV. And Britt, again, great to meet you. I enjoyed the conversation tonight, guys. You want to see three Brits one more time before yeah, you go? <laughs> oh, my God. All the Brit you ever wanted. Yeah, and more. And more. <laughs> Believe me. All right. Thanks, Mike. Good to see you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Have Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah. Oh, Bye. man. That was great. I, I can't imagine having to see three Brits all the time, though. I mean, seriously. Hey, I love it. I love the idea. I could, I could get so much done. You could, could get I so, could much do done. so much done. Be be like, you'd be too busy looking at yourself, watching yourself. <laughs> Everyone, no, that might be true. Every, I mean, there'd be a little bit of that. Every I mean, single I'm, Brit, I'm not going to lie. Every single Brit would be watching the other two Brits. And you'd be, it'd be like, it'd be like a yeah. house of mirrors with the, you know, the ever, the infinity mirrors going on. You just wouldn't be able to stop. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What man. was that movie with Michael Keaton? Du duplicity. Du duplicity. 
Yeah, something. Yeah. Where they where he made copies of himself, and then all of a sudden the copy made a copy, and it wasn't quite as right, good. Right, right, so right. Little, little, little little errors. Little... What the hell was the name of that movie? I don't know. You always you always oh do that. God. You always like that was a good time. Yeah. No, Mike's a great guest. I love having him on the show, and I love I love the work he does. It's really fascinating, and he presents it so well. And he's now got I, he's got that. Now I got another book I got to buy. He's got that God microphone, God voice microphone thing going on there. He oh had, my god! It sounded great. <sighs> yeah, and, and yeah, I, I, I want to get one of those and just walk around and, and talk in it while I'm, you know, out at the mall or <laughs> while you're, you know, while you're while you're watching I would your like other a Taco burrito, please. While you're watching your. Other yeah, self. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, while uh, I'm watching myself. All right, so um, oh my god, you brought it up. I want to mention again. Um, we have a lot of great shirts and other merchandise at the merch site. You can go to paranormalirl.com, click on the merch tab, and then click through. To the site, this is one about shadow people uh, that we have, obviously, because of the topic tonight. But this makes a great, any of these, and there's a lot of them, you got to scroll through it all. Any of these make a great gift for mom for Mother's Day. And it might be, you know, it's a little late, yes. might not get here by Sunday, but just tell mom, hey, it's on the way. Your gift is on the way. And we have a promo code where you can save 10%. 10%, Ooh. Brit. And the promo code is what's, mom, what's promo code? mom, two zero two two mom twenty twenty two, ma. And I should have I should have done oh. that in text here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do it while you repeat what I just said. I'm gonna make it here so people can see it. Mom, mom twenty twenty two is the promo code. And there's other shirts on there too, not just about shadow people. There's there's alien stuff. There's UFO stuff. There's just stuff that say ghosts. Uh, and uh, they're all different kinds. There's lady V-necks. There's one shirt that's called the ladies' boyfriend shirt, which is, I guess, is supposed to make us all look super sexy. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Other coffee mugs, etc. And look, uh, uh, JV and I are planning on getting rich off of this merchandise. But geez, the software is a. I don't know what the hell happened in the software world where now everything is a subscription and you can't just buy and own something. But every month they hit us for a large chunk of money to put these shows on. And obviously, we do more than just this show, but uh, it helps us. And, you know, quite honestly, it might help JV and I be able to get out to some haunted areas, some cool UFO stuff, and be able to actually do some in-the-field reporting with yeah. uh, actual locations and actual scary places. And, uh, yeah, I can make JV poop his pants when he gets scared. Well, that would, be an, that would make for interesting video, wouldn't it now? That would be a great live stream if you could yeah, make me poop my, poop my pants <laughs> Because you, I don't even know what you just said. Uh, the, promo, the promo code is MOM2022. MOM2022. <laughs> it's a 10% off promo code if you go to uh, the easiest way to get there. Into, uh, yeah, right. ParanormalIRL.com. Uh, click on the merch tab. <laughs> then click on the shirt. It'll take you right to the store where you can find all that stuff. I want to go back and I want to talk about Steph's picture a little bit. Because um, I don't want, I, 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 here's the bottom line with this picture. It's fascinating. It's very interesting. But there's no way anybody here on this panel or, or any true paranormal analyst who takes an objective look at this is going to be able to tell you what it is or, and how it was made. There's just no way anybody looking at a picture in this with this with the little bit of information we have is going to be able to draw a conclusion. So don't be offended by that. Don't think that we're saying it's not something. We don't know what it is. That's the bottom line. We just don't know. We don't, we don't, have, they don't have enough info. Right. We need more data. And I don't know if you can even get it. We have to be there and investigate. That's exactly it. I don't think you can actually convey, to use a Jen Psaki word, enough data. I think the only way you you know we can really do it is if you're there. <laughs> or if you had a video 
you know, that was rolling at the same time, that would give some additional information. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. So, you know, just don't 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 feel like anybody was discounting the legitimacy of it. It's just we can, nobody can tell. You can't tell by looking at a still photograph. Um, I do want to bring up something else. Uh, Brett, you need to uh, explain this. This was a word you used just a little while ago tonight. Uh, during your discussion with Mike, and you said intenseness. Intense. In- you yeah, said- what's wrong with intenseness? <laughs> well, I think the word's intensity. I'm not. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm no scholar, but I think the word is intensity, not intenseness. Intenseness. <laughs> I don't do, think- do you not say, look? I live out. I live out in the country. Look over my. I'm in the. I'm a hick in the country. Yeah, yeah. You look like you're in this Alaska. Is how we talk. Intenseness. Yeah. Intenseness. The intenseness. <laughs> the, in- <laughs> the intensity is the intenseness is deep. The intensity yeah, see, is now whatever. You slipped and used the, hey. the right word. It's intensity. English oh, is man. my second. English Words are my second language. I know words are your second language. We need a paranormal IRL shirt. I'm surprised you're that. able to spell that. Intenseness? It's not, I mean, just intense with N-E-S-S on the end. Uh, do we have anything else? Um, intenseness. Again, Mike's books. Uh, Alaska's Mysterious Triangle and A Walk in the Shadows. And he's got a bunch of other stuff, too. If you just search his name, you'll find it or go to his website, MikeRickSecker.com, and you'll find all the information uh, about his the shows he appears on, et cetera. It's all right there. Really easy, easy to find. Et cetera, et cetera. All right, trivia time. That. Oh, man, you're just rushing this along. Ah, Right, eight oh four, man. I know, but I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make sure I've covered everything that I wanted to cover here. Um, I think Did I you? have. We were I, kind of all over the place. I think I have. I yeah. felt like a spaz. See, here's my here's my problem. Right before I came on the show, um, I had this bag of Dr Pepper, Dr Pepper flavored cotton candy, and I ate it all right before I came on the show, and it was delicious. And then I choked it down with a Coke. So I basically had Dr. Pepper and Coke together. Yeah. So I was a little wound up. Now I'm ready to fall asleep. <laughs> now you're crashing, apart. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I, yep. I, I, need, I need Dr. Gregory no, Steph, to give me a I, little of that fly meth hold, he was giving out. Hold on, Steph, I'm not saying you came across as upset. I'm just trying to make sure everyone understands that when we look at a still photograph and people are looking for some kind of validation – we can't, there's just absolutely no way anybody on a program like this looking at a still photo without any other information other than the anecdotal information given to us by the person who supplied the photograph, which you did, it's still not enough to draw any kind of conclusions. So, so don't expect that. It's not in any way saying that it's not legitimate. It's not in any way saying that it is legitimate. It's just saying there's no way we can tell that's a cool picture. That's great. Thank you for sharing it, but we can't give you any conclusions on it. That's I just want everybody to understand that. I love sharing people's pictures. I think it's fantastic when we can do that, and we'll encourage it. Uh, just don't expect us to really come out with any kind of uh, absolute um, de- uh um, explanations in any fashion because it's just impossible. Just can't do it. And sometimes, Steph, you don't get the answer either way. You just get to live with the um, unknown. So you might not be able to prove or debunk it. It just might be an experience you had, and there it is. Right. God knows what it was. Right, right. All right, time for a couple trivia questions. Here we go. Number one, what football player is credited as inventing the football huddle in the 1890s, Britt. 
Back in the 1890s, what football player is credited with inventing the huddle? Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth? Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Baby Ruth Babe is Ruth. a good candy bar. Yeah, Babe Ruth. A it babe, is a real good candy bar. Baby Ruth is a really good candy bar. Yeah. So you're saying Babe Ruth. Probably yeah, not. and I learned something. I'm yeah. going Babe Ruth, the, the huddle in football, right? Huddle yes. in football, Babe Ruth. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, Football is one where they have the stick and they hit the thing into the net, right? Yeah, uh, with, and the thing's 10 feet high and you got to throw it in. Yeah. Right. Okay, yes, with the stick. You okay. got it. Yeah, yeah Gene. Ruth. Yeah, he he knows Babe Ruth was a baseball player, Gene. Oh, I thought he was a candy bar maker. Uh, well, later in life. Later in life. Oh, okay. Uh, what football player is credited as inventing the football huddle in the 1890s? Is that the? I wonder. No. Yeah, I, it may I have been the guy that that they called they called him the Gipper. What was his name? Not Ronald Reagan. Well, how long is the original? How long has yeah? How long has football been around? Since obviously the 1890s, <laughs> it, football's. I mean, football, I mean, football's a, is a distortion of uh, of rugby, and I think uh, rugby's been played in England for several hundred years. Because my question is, how did they? If they invented the huddle in 1890, what the hell did they do before? The huddle. I know. Well, that's what I'm they trying to figure out. Straight how, line. <laughs> I know. It's like, how do you invent the fact that everybody just kind of gathers around so you can hear the play? I don't, I don't really understand how that's an invention. It seems like that would have happened from day one. All right. Well, or let's did, see. Let's see what the answer. Did he just in, did he invent or did he or did he invent the word for it? The, I mean, everybody just kind of gathered up the for the play, up, but he was right, like, huddle all right, huddle up, huddle up. Yeah, hey, just made a new huddle up, huddle up, and then everybody yeah. knows what it means. Maybe you go around the quarterback. Maybe Steph's guess is Pope Sir Licks a lot. That's a good guess. I'm not going to say it was Pope. Oh, hey, so Licks okay. a lot is pretty tired lately. Okay, so the answer is Paul Hubbard, quarterback for quarterback for. Gallaudet or Gallaudet, a university in Washington D.C. For those with hearing impairments. Okay. So Hubbard had the idea for his team to discuss plays in a tight circle. So the other team couldn't see what they were signing. Cause they were deaf. Interesting. That's a neat Genesis. Oh, That's a neat story. interesting. That's All a right. neat story. All right. I'll buy that for a dollar. Some teams don't do a huddle. Yeah. Some teams turn their back. They do two lines. You know, the front line kneels, the second line stands and they're just backs to the other team and the quarterback stands in front of them. It's not a huddle. Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Play that for a dollar. Oliver closed off scooter. That's what you think it was. Okay. Next question. Here we go. Where in the world can you find the neon boneyard, a three-acre plot full of old and disused neon signs? Newt Rockney is a good guess. Neon a lot of people boneyard. said Rockney. Where in the world can you find the neon boneyard, a three-acre plot full of old and disused neon signs? Well, it can't be anywhere where land is expensive. Right. It's going to be out so west I'm gonna somewhere. Say, yeah, I'm going to think kind of like, you know, Arizona, the where it's dry. So the stuff that, like the like the plain boneyard right. that's out there right. um, or the plain graveyard. Um, that would, I'm going to say Arizona. Arizona? That's what I'm going with. That's going just with? a pure guess. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Where in the world can you find the neon bone? It's got to be near Las Vegas, I'd say. Wouldn't you think? Well, someone says outside Las Vegas, John John Coit. Yeah, join join John and John and Oak, John and Oak C, whatever. Yeah, uh, I think it has to be near Las Vegas. There's so much neon in Vegas. 
Yeah, but you're probably right. Um, yeah, okay, so let's that. see what the answer is here. It's Las Vegas. It is Las Vegas. Naturally. Oh, there we go. Many iconic neon signs from Las Vegas history, such as the original Aladdin's lamp from the Aladdin Casino, can be found in this boneyard. That's pretty cool, too. Looks like we got oh, some wow. places we got to go visit. Yeah, yeah that'd be kind of cool. Go check that place out. All right. The final one is a double. Right. It's a weekend, so we get two for the price of one. Oh, here. boy. Here we go. A twofer. All right, Britt, you got to get one of these right. One of these two, you have to get right. You ready? Yeah. What does cocktail waitress? <laughs> what does the early nineteenth century term "argle bargle" refer to? <laughs> argle bargle. Nineteenth um, century. That's when they invented scope, and you would put it in, but you used to have to say words instead of just. Going, so you had to try and talk. And that's where it came from. It just became gargling. Okay. Interesting. Interesting theory. What does the early 19th century term argle bargle refer to? We got Brit's answer. Um, There's some dirty jokes in there I could say, but we'll save that for the other show. Yeah. Um, Argle bargle. Oh, my God. You're not going to get the next one either. All right. So the answer to this one, uh, <laughs> it's it, it's it it refers to meaningless talk or writing. For example, the meeting between senators devolved into a bunch of political argle-bargle. I kind of like it. You're going to have to remember that. You're going to have to use it again. Bring it back. Resurrect the argle-bargle. Argle-bargle. Yeah. All right, last question yeah, of the argle, night. We're going to argle bargle. Yeah. Last question of the night. Here we go. Gam, Gamboge. Gamboge, G-A-M-B-O-G-E. Gamboge is a shade of what color? Gamboge or Gambogie? Gamboge? G-A-M-B-O-G-E. Gamboge. Gamboge is a shade shade of of what color? I'm going to go with cream. Cream color, the skin tone color. Okay. Collar or color? What are we we talking about? You're talking about collar? Well, both. Because if the collar... If the collar is that colored... (laughs) Okay. Color, yeah. All right. Once again, the question is, Gamboge, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, is a shade of what color? We got white, we got beige, we got gray, we got orange. We have Vegas. Vegas. Yellow. Vegas. It's one of the 50 shades. Yeah, okay. One of the 50 shades, yeah. Fleshy. Oh, boy, this is devolving quickly. This is devolving quickly. You're saying cream color, though. You say it's a a shade of cream. Cream's... Cream skin color? Ah, I was right. I got it right. How do you know you got got it right? right. Did you look it up? I haven't even read the answer yet. You just said it was cream. No, I'm asking you if that's what you're saying. Oh, I thought you did. (laughs) Cream? Yeah, cream. I mean, what what color would you call this? It's it's a creamish color. It's flesh color. Color. You have a flesh color? That's something very different. That's something very, very, very yeah, different. Yeah. All right, the answer here, it's a, it's a shade of orange. Gamboge pigment comes from the resin of trees endemic to Southeast Asia. It's a 
shade of huh. orange. Interesting. So there you go. I had no idea. See the things you learn. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, thanks everybody for joining I don't know where us. I'll use it at, but yeah, you'll never will. You'll forget it by tomorrow. Anyway. Um, Shit. By the time I leave here. Yeah. Uh, Gamboge is the color of overworn t-shirts with sweat stains. <laughs> well, that's disgusting. Oh my God. That yellow is really, white. really gross. Oh. That is really, really gross. Anyway, thanks for being everybody. And again, thanks oh. to Mike Ricksecker. Great uh, discussion tonight. Appreciate everybody's time. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Told of a creature that was six and a half to seven feet tall. The CIA ran secret mind control experiments. It's a tale of a creature that's been seen by many, but believed by few. And experts say there have been reported sightings of paranormal activity. And there was this creature and it ran down this hill. They say something was flying over their house and they have no idea what it was. How the world's most powerful individuals are actually shape-shifting reptilians. My scariest ghost hunting experience.